Guess what, guys? There's only one place that you can get a true Colorado mountain pie. It's your favorite locally owned legendary and unbelievable delicious pizza joint, Bojo's. The Colorado mountain pie has become a staple for not only natives, but for those who are just passing through and want to know where the best pizza in town is. Bojo's is the only answer. Do you have any plans to go to Bojo's there anytime soon? Maybe tomorrow night. Oh, my goodness. Is that right? Maybe tomorrow night. Oh, wow. Okay. Looking forward to that. Stop in there tomorrow night. Bojo's. Uh, (laughs) That's locked in, right? That's the holiday party. That's not like a maybe. (laughs) Did you guys know Bojo's dough is made fresh daily and contains locally sourced honey? You know what? I subscribe to the DNVR Nuggets podcast. They brought that up. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, that's great. They also infuse their dough with natural sweetener, and it is to die for. There's something for everyone at Bojo's. Large, delicious mountain pies for the entire family. A huge salad bar. That's big at a uh, pizza joint. Salad bar. Very important. I'm having some salad tomorrow. No doubt about Uh, it. With fresh veggies galore. Colorado beer on tap, including your personal favorites from Breck Brew and your favorite sports teams playing in the background. Bojo's has private party rooms for all your holiday get-togethers or to celebrate birthdays and other large events. They also have $4 happy hours in select locations, along with gluten-free and plant-based options. Nothing is more important to Bojo's than their community, which is why they're always happy to help you raise money for your fundraising cause. Host your next fundraising event at any of their five front range locations. They also offer cater or they also offer this holiday season special pint glasses, koozies. Special pint glass koozies that make great stocking stuffers and also come with a five dollar gift card. <laughs> wow. <laughs> How you doing over there? Do you need a water? Do you need a, a little timeout? <laughs> a little shoulder rub? It's a long read. Release this read as a separate podcast. Check out their site today, bojos.com, B-E-A-U-J-O-S.com, and tell them who sent you. I love that we have bojos, though. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the DNVR Nuggets podcast, presented by Davidson's Beer Wine. There we go. There we go. A plus. Bringing my egg game on Christmas, so unlike the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> I am Adam Mottos. I'm joined by Harrison Wayne. I'm still awake. I'm still <laughs> hanging in there. It's late. I mean, we're recording this at 11.49 p.m. I wish every game started at 8.45 at night. On a holiday. <laughs> on a holiday. There are uh, there are TV timeouts, and then there are TV timeouts on Christmas Day. Oh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> those just drag on. I'm also joined by Brendan Boat. Bah humbug. Oh, that's fair. Um, that's fair. But it is a bah humbug. We are here working on Christmas. And you know I say working. We're incredibly privileged to get to do this job that we get to do. And 99.9% of the time, I... I uh, that that privilege is not lost on me. It's locked on me right now. Yeah, I'm the- here at midnight at Pepsi <laughs> Center about to talk about a loss to a garbage team. Um, but such is the way it goes in the NBA sometimes. I think that's the story. Or at least that's one of the stories. Denver tonight just got outplayed. Um, I'm going to start with you, Brendan. First takeaway from this game. Uh, defensive rebounding. Is that fair? <laughs> so I know, fair. Yeah, looked fair. at it after the game, and the offensive rebounds and the second-chance points were actually nearly identical between the two teams, but this is an eye-test versus numbers thing. I think if you watch the game, the timeliness of those second-chance points for New Orleans, backbreaking. Seemingly every time Denver had mounted a run in some momentum, they get a stop, but then they don't get the board. They give up a three. Yeah. Yeah. I just think this was a real sloppy performance. Sloppy is like the one word that comes to mind. The mm. rebounding, obviously, just the missed rotations, the yeah. missed assignments I, yeah. defensively. Yeah. I wondered if there was enough air in the basketball early on. That's how <laughs> sloppy it was. 
Like the Pelicans had nine turnovers it. in the first quarter. The Nuggets had six. Wow. Yeah. I'm, the crazy. air wasn't enough air in the ball. Yeah. So, it's a conspiracy. So, so that contributed to the sloppiness. Um, just like the little things. Ball, balls bouncing off of Nuggets players' hands and out of bounds. Right. Or under the, the hoop. hoop. How many Isn't of those there, were there Wasn't there tonight? another one tonight that bounced in? Like Lonzo kind of hit the ball, it went in. Oh, I was, was talking about two Nuggets converging on a oh, rebound yeah. or something. Rebound. The ball just bouncing out of bounds. A lot of just stuff like that, the little things, and they added up tonight. I feel like all season we talked about this, Nuggets have played down to their competition a little bit. Usually they can just rely on their talent to go on some fourth or third quarter run and win that game. But um, Brandon Ingram was in his own tonight, and uh, they just couldn't rely on their talent in this one. What's frustrating to me about this game more than anything else is that the Nuggets didn't seem to want to make a statement tonight. No. And this was a night that you would hope they would want to make a statement. They have, you know, their season has been up and down. They're 21 and 9 now. They're 21 and 8 coming into it. And this was an opportunity, seven game winning streak. This was an opportunity to kind of announce yourself like, "Hey, we we're we're about that. We're ready for this. We want, you know, but this almost felt like it just felt like any other game. And it felt like a, like they just did not care about the opportunity that they had. Yeah, and it, I think you might look at this outside of the Christmas Day kind of context and say, okay, well, they had won seven straight. Sometimes you just don't bring it. Sometimes it's just the other team's night, right? Tonight um, felt like the Pelicans' night. And it yep. did, and that big picture isn't a big deal. But when you bring it back to where they were at in terms of bringing the momentum back to their side with this win streak, that it was Christmas Day, national TV at home, Christmas night rather, like – you have to win that one, right? And you have to. You, yeah, there's just not really a good excuse. So Nuggets have been on national TV now at New Orleans, in which they get blown out. Uh, at uh, The Lakers at home, in which they lose on their home court. At Boston, that, that was kind of an unfair one, second night of a back-to-back. But they, but they get blown, bad, out. blown out. And then uh, Philadelphia, at Philadelphia, where they lost... And again, there was, you know, all the takes about... So you have all that. This is a chance now. Denver kind of regrouped, regathered, got their stuff together. This was a chance to kind of be like, hey, we're here again. And another loss. I just... It, I'm not... I, I believe the only basketball takeaway from tonight is that it just wasn't their night. Sure, these games sure, happened. Yeah. I honestly believe that. It's just not a big deal, whatever. They... We wanted them to go 8-2 and two in their 10, and I think they're going to do that or better. I still think that's on the table. Um, but... The real problem is if you are only watching the Nuggets on national television, which, by the way, isn't just people uh, nationally. That's also the local wow. Denver Nugget market is only getting a chance to watch them on these nights. Yeah, because you that's the only way to watch them. <laughs> the only way to watch them. All you see is the Nuggets getting beat, either hammered by good teams or losing to terrible teams. And the other thing is you're tuning into this game tonight. If you haven't been watching them locally, they're on a seven-game winning streak. The offense is back. They've got a lot of momentum. <laughs> You're like, here they go. And then they lay an egg. The offense looks pretty marginal. The defense wasn't good either. And so you lose all that momentum that you had built. Now, I still think in the grand scheme of things, they're obviously trending upward. But you had a chance to push us to an eight-game winning streak tonight. And what could have easily been a 10-gamer. And I think we're at the point now where you look at this national conversation about the Nuggets, and it's totally understandable and justifiable. And that's kind of fair. And it's fair. And that's not to say they're right in each and every one of these criticisms. Exactly. But are they right to feel that way? I think about the way I feel about certain teams when I only catch them once a month. Uh, Exactly. I mean, why would you, right? If you're just a national or just a casual fan, why would you believe in the Nuggets? And more to the point, this is Christmas. 
Christmas is the marquee day in yeah. the NBA. They put they picked these teams on purpose, and this was like, a, all right, Nuggets, we see you. Here's your shot. They gave Zion. They threw a bone to the Pelicans because I think the league felt bad for how the Anthony Davis thing sure. went. They had Zion. It's like, okay, we can do this. But they, Denver, this was like, hey, prove it. You guys want this? Okay, let's see how you do. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to call next Christmas. I mean, who Dude, knows? Why, yeah. why, why, why might, would you do it might be good TV? for us. Yeah. No <laughs> yeah, Christmas exactly. Day game Christmas next off. year. Yeah, I do want a Christmas game off. It is, t- it is like – it's really tough to be either publicly or even privately just like a nugget stand because you just believe in what they're doing big picture and you're not – I don't think you're wrong to feel that way. But then you have these like – Let's show it. Bragging rights moments, right? How many people were watching with friends and family tonight? You oh, never get yeah, to see the exactly. Nuggets play. And you're like, no, Jokic is killing it lately. Yeah, come see. And then they lay an egg. It's tough, man. It's tough. <laughs> I know. If, if you tuned in for the first time this season oh, it's so to watch do. this game and you saw Derek Favors <laughs> nearly outplay or maybe outplay Nikola Jokic yeah. tonight, yeah. Oh, that's man. tough. That's a tough one. Yeah, it really is. So, I again, I don't think this game means much in the grand scheme of things. It happens. If, had Denver not been on a seven-game win streak, maybe we would have talked about this one a little bit right. more. But it's like, you know what? Ball, there were there were some nights. Like, there was a lot of momentum shots tonight that that New Orleans just hit. You know, yeah, 100%, you hit, yeah. you know, 45% of your wide-open threes. They hit, like, eight of them where it was just, like, offensive rebound kick. Like, oh, yeah, that this would be a backbreaker. And they, and they had them. So... That, that's it. Just wasn't Denver's night, but um, I do think a little bit of a concerning trend is that, like the offense was great over the win streak, <laughs> best in the league over these last seven games. Uh, the defense has fallen to league average mm. or over these past seven now eight games, and defense is really how this team has won most of these games this season, and I think that's a little concerning because. When you look at this Nuggets offense, I still, even after they were great for seven games, I still don't think I can count on them to be, you know, that type of offense every single night going forward. Sure, but the only counter would be like during that stretch when the defense was slipping, they won seven straight. So like I know the opponents against bad great. teams. Yeah, and that's and that's an important pushback. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like I'm not. I, I don't know if, like, picking an identity matters. Well, well, here's the other side of that is Paul Millsap missed a lot of these games. And, I mean, Denver, we know this from last year. Wow. When, when he's not in the lineup, they are become a better offensive team, worse defensive right. team. That's a good point. And worse overall. And, and I think that they've, they've kind of looked like that. Um, he played 16 minutes tonight. Was so, that, was that um, because maybe you like Grant better? You can't figure out Ingram. Millsap was struggling. Well, I, I th- want to save that for a later. Can we okay. save that for a later yeah, one? Let's go, go to a break to real quick because that, to me, is a kind of a big topic. We'll, we'll take a break mm-hmm. first. Talking about the uh, Colorado core on today's show from Breck Brewing, what, what I'm calling the champagne of uh, <laughs> Breck beers, but definitely no champagne beers tonight. No champagne this, beers tonight. After this Nuggets game. But Colorado core, great beer. You guys know this. Super light. Pretty tasteful, I think. Um, yeah, make sure to check it out from Breck Brewing. They've got it at Bojo's probably, so can't wait to get on that. Uh, That'd be a good, that's a good beer. That's a good beer for it with a pizza. Yeah, pretty light. Yeah, easy to put down. Crisp. It's no uh, crisp apple it's flavor. No Vanilla Porter Junior. <laughs> no. Tonight it was a Colorado Core injury. Yeah. Uh, make sure to check out the Colorado Core from Breck Brewing. Just another one of the great beers that they've put out. And we'll hit a break real quick. Talk about this loss some more on the other side. Welcome back, everybody, into the DNVR Nuggets podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. I'm joined by Brennan Vogt, Harrison Wind. Um, all right, we kind of teased this before, but 
Paul Millsap's 16 minutes tonight, and more to the point, closing with Jeremy Grant, they've done this a handful of times. And I, when it happened earlier in the season, Malone kind of, this was part of the maintenance program for Paul Millsap. He has been banged up. But the Nuggets are really good with Paul Millsap in the lineup. It's weird to me that, that he hasn't been closed in this game. What's up with that? Well, tonight, and um, I have to think this is why Grant played so much tonight. I mean, Grant put up numbers tonight, first of all. He did play a lot, but you know, even in the first half when he played his pretty regular minutes, he had, what, like 13, 14, 15 points. So he was putting up numbers. I got to think the Nuggets want to roll with him for that reason. I think the matchup had something to do with it. I mean, you can't really ask Millsap to guard Ingram. But I got to think some of it has to do with the fact that I think Paul's just a little banged up still. And um, they don't want to play him super heavy minutes, obviously, if he's not 100%. And I think they want to manage his minutes a little too. So I think it was all of those factors. Yeah, you're right. It's probably not one thing. My mind did go to him getting torched round one in New Orleans by that matchup. and, And just they couldn't figure out a way to stop him tonight. And I'm not saying that was... You know, I don't know the matchup data, how much of that was Paul or not, but that was just my first thought, that it's a tough matchup for him. Is it a tough matchup for the Nuggets? Well, the Nuggets don't have a matchup for Brandon Ingram, Michael so Malone said post-game. My, Michael Malone just flat out said it, and then he kind of tried to take the sting off and said, I need to do a better job coaching, but I mean, come on. It, it, he, he said the real part first, which is, which is the truth, and we've all talked what, about this. Why isn't Jeremy Grant a matchup for Brandon Ingram? And, well, I mean, and he I, tried. He and played I, 30 minutes tonight. Yeah, and I mean, I got to go look at go back and look at Ingram's shots and, and see how many were you know guarded one-on-one by Grant. But in theory, shouldn't Grant be that guy? What about Torrey Craig? He, he played a lot in that first go-around, though, too. Um, I believe. I, yeah, I don't remember. He was in the rotation earlier on the season. Just that interesting that season. on a night where like they kind of don't don't seem to have that like want that hustle or or the individual defender on a long guy that that he doesn't get the call from the pen. I've always felt that Tory Craig struggles against the taller people mm-hmm. and better against the right. smaller ones. So I don't. I, to me, I just I, I don't know that that feels like a saving grace. But you know, Denver. Look, Denver doesn't have. There is a mold. It's a one-on-one scorer, right? And Brandon Ingram has a lot more tools in his bag, but he's a one-on-one guy that he just looked very comfortable tonight. Like, yeah. Brandon Ingram didn't look like he was stressed at all tonight. Nope. And Denver doesn't have a guy that can just go out there and make those types uncomfortable, and, in my and opinion. You're right. And it, well, he wasn't trying to, to go out there and elevate New Orleans' offense. He was playing one-on-one. And he was yeah. breaking dudes down. Torrey started in that first matchup, played 20 minutes. Brandon Ingram in that first first matchup, twenty five points okay. on mm-hmm. seven of twelve shooting. I think it. You know, I don't want to like sound the alarm on it, but it is. Look, Denver got knocked out of the playoffs last year because of Rodney Hood, who's like Brandon Ingram. He's a one on one tall scorer, likes the jump shot, likes the mid range. I just there there seems to be um, this this weakness in Denver, and when you look at the West, LeBron James. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. There's just yeah. guys like that. that Luka Doncic even, who I know Denver had success with the first time around, but there's some of these bigger ball-in-their-hand ISO scores that I just think Denver's a little vulnerable to. I mean, I, I hate to belabor the point, but that guy should be Jeremy Grant, right? Isn't he the guy that Denver brought here to match up on those guys? The yeah. LeBrons of the world, the Paul Georges of the world, the Kawhis. Or why not try? 
You know, why not try more? And, and again, maybe he was on Ingram right. the whole night. You know, the the other part of this that I think makes and I'm not this is going to sound like making an excuse for Denver, but the other thing that makes New Orleans a tough matchup specifically <laughs> for Denver is Derek Favors is very strong and he's guarded De- Jokic very well. He blocked his shot in the first quarter and on a post up. Favors just, was great. We don't see Jokic get a shot blocked too often, especially on the jump hook. Um, and then you have Drew Holiday and Lonzo Ball, both who are very good defenders, to kind of. Put put pressure on on Jamal Murray and bullied and him tonight. Murray yeah. had a rough one, yeah. so you have Yoke who has a good tough matchup. You have Murray has a tough matchup, and then you have Ingram who has a great matchup for for him. I just think it's a little tough. I would say this: I think it is probably accurate to say it's a tough matchup, and still also true to say, but the talent gap is so big that right. Denver should should prevail. Yeah. Also, Brandon Ingram seven and nine from three. Like, are you kidding? <laughs> and there were a couple Lonzo threes late in the game. Like you said, yeah. it was the momentum shots, right? The, yeah. like, this is a turning point in the game, and New Orleans hit all of I them. think Lonzo went 0-6 in like, the first three quarters when Denver wasn't guarding him, and then 2-2 two two down the stretch, it seemed like. And uh, Josh Hart went 4-5. A lot of them were open. There were a lot of open ones, but, too, but they hit a lot of shots. Malone tonight. didn't go to this line, and maybe it's because he just received a big paycheck and it's Christmas, and it's just too hard to get too grouchy when that happens. I imagine. It's never happened to me, but I imagine. <laughs> I've never had millions of dollars hit my bank account right, right on Christmas Day. Um, so maybe he didn't want to be too grouchy about it, but this was a total game where New Orleans came in, put their feet up on the coffee table, yeah. grabbed the remote, and they were comfortable. So... Sometimes when I see a player go seven for nine, I always think, well, was he? Co- he must have been really comfortable out there. You don't have an uncomfortable seven for nine night. He was, three. and I think that goes to the point about, and I know you hate this, and I think we all hate it, but Malone and the team citing effort. That, oh, no, no, no. It no, was no. just but not effort. Worth I don't like it. There's there's sometimes it's very evident. I don't like it as an across-the-board excuse, like every time you lose, that's why. Tonight you could see it. You but could tonight, see it on no the doubt. glass. You no could doubt. see it on those 50-50 balls. So I think – there was merit to that. The other tonight. thing that people say about the Nuggets, when I, when I say they, I mean like this, you know, the casuals, national, whatever, is that they're not tough. But tonight, again, this is what I mean about right. the national yeah. thing: is they just they didn't look like a team that had that sense of pride. Because one thing you can do when a team is comfortable, you might have to pick up a foul or something, but you just do something that's like, all right, you know what? Let's piss this team off so that they're not as happy. You know what? I think back to that Atlanta game too. I mean, and, and I'm yeah. not, I don't know what the answer is, and I'm not like condoning like hard fouls necessarily, but. Trey Young punked them. Oh, and Trey Young was them, yeah. talking mm. to their bench too, this was a punking, and yeah. talking smack. And it's like, man, when you're in your home building, there's got to be some sort of retaliation, yeah. preferably just good basketball. But the way they just sort of there are night. This team has a lot of fight, but there are nights where they just kind of let the bully kick their feet up. As you yeah, say. yeah, they're, yeah, they're worse. What did you think of Jokic's night? Obviously, we talked about Favors defending him well. One thing I want to say about him. Favors guards him well. He's talked about Favors guarding him well in the past. Jokic was really, really aggressive. This might have been the most aggressive I've seen Jokic in a night when he was not being successful. A lot of times, like, unsuccessful. All right, try to go somewhere else. He kept attacking. How many shots he had? Uh, Jokic had... 17? 20. 20 shots. I mean, he was really aggressive tonight. tonight. You know, he did go at him a lot, especially that first quarter. He was like 2-9 and at one point. And... uh, I wonder how much of it was Jokic wanting to get him in foul trouble so he could go up against Jackson Hayes. <laughs> but when he got Jackson After Hayes, that. he wasn't – it's weird. He wasn't as aggressive against him. Yeah. I there don't were know. some Maybe times it, where I was watching him. I was like, okay, now go down there. And it was like, nope. Maybe it's just a favors thing. I don't know. A point to prove internal kind of deal. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? I, I liked the way he played tonight. And, you know, it would be ludicrous for anyone in Denver media to 
too well like oh maybe too many shots on a night when he's struggling it's like this is a player we've been trying to oh, get yeah, to no, shoot yeah, more yeah, forever yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah it was just a good approach and like look he usually hits those shots i think his true favors is probably is definitely a tough matchup for him but I like the way Jokic approached this game. He missed a lot of easy ones. Yeah. Missed a lot of easy ones. How many, what was he from three tonight? One for three? Is that right? One for uh, four? Two of five. Two, two of five. five. Two that's of not five. bad, 40%. I, look, man, that shot's looking, he's feeling confident. And that's, that's important. I'll tell you what, he's looking great. He was, he lifted again tonight, and I was mere seconds away from catching the official weight of Nikola Jokic when he stood on the scale. Oh, really? Dude, I've never wanted a little nugget of information. There's a little scale in the locker room. Yeah, and I just missed it. Don't listen to that part. Dude, he's taking this weight training seriously. First of all, I think he looks like just... I, no, we, I, he looked so thin. Tonight I joked about it. Well, part of it is they're in the blacks. And I oh, yeah. no, but out in warm-ups. Out in warm-ups, oh, I was yeah. thinking to myself. I, we almost joked, like, is he too thin? <laughs> like, no, Couldn't I don't push think favors around. Honestly, man, I'm, I'm so curious with you. So then again, after the game today, he seemed a little edgy, I would say. Not, like, pissed about anything. I think just, like, upset about the loss. Because, like, he walked out and he goes, okay, do you guys want to talk? Like, any of you guys want to talk or something? Like, it was just a little point. Like, like, let's get this over with. Yeah. Too, yeah. So I got a stat. Not Christmas for Jokic, by the way. January 7th for Orthodox Serbian. Uh, here's a stat that kind of reflects Christian. what you were talking about, about just putting your foot down at home. This wasn't, like, its fourth loss at home, I believe. Ooh, yeah. They lost seven home games wow. all of last season. I don't think that trend's going to continue. They still have, like, the... And who have these losses been to? The Pelicans, the Hawks, the Mavs. The Mavs Oof. is a fine loss. Mavs are good, but they're Who's not... I mean... Earlier, early in the, the season, they weren't as good as they are. Um, and the and Lakers. In the Lakers. Yeah. yeah. So, really, two, two of those are, two like, really what? egregious ones. Yeah. They did not have those last season, really. Weird one. Sky's not falling, but a disappointment one. It's not that I'm mad. I'm just... I'm just disappointed. disappointed. <laughs> Maybe a visit to the Green Solution would help out. Oh, you know what? I would not, I would not mind a, a visit to the Green Solution a, right now. There is a, a Green Solution waiting in my room at home. So. <laughs> because they do have 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Get on your phone right now. Go to their website, mygreensolution.com. Order your flour, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online and head to the closest Green Solution for pickup. Use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. That's a good deal. Great deal. What'd you guys get for Christmas? A rock. Ooh. <laughs> Is it a special? Was it a gem or a rock? Yeah, you seen Uncut Gems yet? No. There's like a thousand bad jokes I can make right now. No, I got shirts. <laughs> I'm 26. My parents are like, oh, I heard you need work shirts. So they get me like seven. Oh, nice. is this one of them? Uh, yeah. The, Dude, look at you. Underneath. Oh, you know, nice. they're slim fit because I think my mom's still shopping for L.A. Brendan. LA oh, Brendan. really? She hasn't met Colorado Brendan? I tried to tell her that was three years ago. <laughs> Sponsored by Bojo's now. It's a thick, <laughs> thicker waistline. Yeah. We got to get you a workout uh, sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> got to get me a workout sponsor, man. Me too, it's man. It's almost New me Year's. Me too. Uh, we need a personal trainer to sponsor this yes, show. Yeah, that's a want. great idea. A personal trainer wants to train all three of us. Um, let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it and film it. <laughs> but you have to sign an NDA. <laughs> Brendan doesn't lift very much. Yeah. We're like, wow. His push-up form is a little disappointing. <laughs> What'd you get, Harrison, for uh, the fifth day of Hanukkah? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I get a present every day. It's not, how, it's not how we do that's it. That's a no. rip-off? Yeah. I pocketed some AirPods, though. Ooh. That's all right. That's great. Yeah. It's a great yeah. No, it was exactly what I wanted. Like, wow. If I could have asked for any any realistic gift that would have been it 
I got the Theragun. Do you guys know this? Well, yeah. you've been talking I've been about, talking about, about it, it all season. I asked a little too. I asked it like June. Julie, Julie. Only had to listen to you talk about it for the last four well, months. I want you to know it's amazing, but I'll be honest, it's really intense. Is yeah, it? it's like really intense. I'm just kidding. I'm not kidding. Like it, it's uh, if you have a soreness, yeah. it's almost like you have to take some off because it's that it's that deep of a massage. You're so washed that your Christmas present was a massage gun, <laughs> but it's a little too strong. Oh, oh God, I, have, I, I might be washed. You're right about There's that. There's no might about it, man. Yeah. You're still the king, man. All right, so now what do we expect to do these upcoming games here with Denver? Um, obviously, so it's Memphis. Not, a, not a, another not great team. Memphis on a matinee on Saturday and a back-to-back against the Kings on Sunday. Yeah, how about that? One thirty game is that, or is it? I think it's three. The the matinee game is mm-hmm. three. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm expecting Malik Beasley to keep shooting 14 times in 22 minutes. Jeez, <laughs> he was on fire. He, he was on fire, like and then seven. he got real then cold really quickly. That he was on fire. Yeah, we all took a heat check with him. He yeah. Bricked every shot. Yeah, so he finished five of 14 from the field, three of 10 from three. Mm. I think that they win that Memphis game, and I'm gonna I'm gonna change my original stand. I think they lose that Kings game. So eight and two. I'll all take right. two wins. I'll take two, pr- uh, two pretty ugly wins like we've had a lot of this year. <laughs> Jokic, I'm, I know that I'm overstating this. He has the eye of the tiger right now, and tonight sucked. But he's been great for this whole win streak. Tonight he he struggled. But you know what? He Like I said, he looked a little annoyed about the fact that they lost tonight. I think they win. I think they get the next two. Nine and one over that ten-game uh, uh, stretch. I think that encouraged the individual performance from Jokic is low-key encouraging tonight. No one had it going, and he was like, fine, I'll do it. And I know they didn't fall, but nine times out of ten they do. So, I don't know. That's my optimist spin. It's like a video. I don't play video games, so this might be a terrible metaphor. But it's like video, <laughs> up. It's like video games. There's challenges, and one of the challenges – the team has – not like notched a bunch of these, but one of them is what you just talked about. Dude steps up when nothing's going on, and Jokic tried tonight and fell short. But I like that he tried and yeah. tried so aggressively. I, I I do think there's lessons in sort of this um, mediocrity on nights like tonight. I got a question for you guys. So Porter plays six minutes tonight, plays his regular first quarter stint, and um, we're at the MPJ th- section of right. the podcast. <laughs> we have to get there eventually. What we all noticed right off the bat, what we all really liked, was he played a lot of minutes with Jokic. Mm. Probably seven or eight possessions. Seemed like definitely the longest stretch that those guys have played together in a while. Didn't play the second half. Don't think that was a big surprise. My question is, how long does this, can this continue? Because, you know, eventually... I feel like Malone's probably going to settle in on you know his eight guys, maybe eight and a half for a playoff rotation. Does that come after the deadline? You know, how much longer is Porter just going to be in this kind of first half stint, and then you know we'll see about the second half till the All Star break, till the Malik Beasley trade. But even even but I think even after that, unless they trade away like three guys, I think Michael Porter Jr. plays till the All Star break. And when you come back, if he hasn't sort of played better than he has now, I would not be surprised if they shut him down. Yeah. And, and he's, he's sort of out of the rotation, and I think that's fair. You give a guy some opportunities. You know, he's done some stuff. He's done some stuff okay. He's done some stuff well. But I, I think it's clear that he's probably not one of the ten best guys right, right. now. And right. it's also clear at, at where he's at right now, he's not going to be playing in the playoffs. Right. I, I do. Yeah, for sure. I do wonder, you know, he knocked down a three in garbage time, and it was pure. It was pure. <laughs> And he has shot has just been off. And I don't mean off as in like it's rimming out or barely. 
He's had like some weird misses, man. He had that air ball to mm-hmm. Monte Morris. He had like he had a miss today that was both short and left. It, I just wonder if there's a little confidence slash pressure or whatever going on with him right now. I think he's thinking. I think it's yeah, he's definitely thinking. Thinking versus uh, to your point. The garbage time was just like, oh, I might as well get this shot up and yeah. cash, you know. Yeah, I wonder who's in his ear about that because one of the things that he's thinking so hard, in large part because I think he's a little behind the curve, sure. and that's part of the value. Uh, and maybe there's a, a, a vet that can kind of be like, hey, man, your shot, everything about your game gets easier when you don't have to think about what play you're running or what your scheme is. And, like, so key in on that, and the rest of it's going to come back to you pretty quickly. But And maybe he is. I'm not saying he's not, like, keyed in. I do – I do find encouraging signs around MPJ, but yeah. I do think we're getting the five minutes here and there. <laughs> and yeah. that's, that's all we're getting at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I, I had said that this stretch, th- this big homestand, like the nine out of 11 oh, games they had at home was going to be his trial run. But mm. I do wonder if it extends a little further, you know, especially further. if they're just getting wins. Uh, yeah, especially I, if you can play them five to ten minutes and still get wins. I think there's no doubt about it. Speaking of which... Michael Malone got an extension. We haven't talked about that oh, collectively yeah. as a group yet. Right, but yeah. he got an extension for two more years. He's going to take him all the way to the 2023 season. Typically what that means, and I'm going to provide a little context here. Coaches get fired usually with one year left on their deal. So he's extended through 2023. 2022 is probably the, number, the, the date you kind of have to think about, and that gives him this season plus two more. Um, First of all, I guess I'll just ask, like, Brendan, what are your big-picture thought on the fact that he got extended? Right call. Yeah, he's earned it. Um, they get better seeming every year so far. And the other thing, too, is if you're try- – you know, it's easy to look at the Mark Jackson, Steve Kerr thing, but how many examples of we do we have of teams that tried to make the upgrade at coach, hired the wrong guy, and the whole train came off the tracks? Uh, the Denver Nuggets right before Michael yes, Malone. Yes, so <laughs> – I mean, yeah, I mean, this George is the Kyle obvious Brian answer. Chair. I think I think very few people disagree with this, but um, uh, the right call, I was surprised at how, how quickly it came. Mm. I, I wasn't surprised. I mean, they did this uh, – w- last time they extended him, they did it at the beginning of the season, right? Right, right. Um, no, Mike Malone's a good coach. He's a really good coach, and he's done what Denver hired him to do and more. Yeah, well said. Yeah, well, right. so here's another thing about the extension. I, I – I thought so. Michael Malone next year would be his last year, which means this is the year you would expect an extension. You wouldn't expect him to go through all of next summer without getting one. So you look at this year, it wasn't a surprise that if it was going to happen, it happened. But one of the things is, you know, Michael, you hand a guy a rookie like Michael Porter Jr., such a mistake prone but high upside rookie that takes time. The same year that you're saying, like, you better get off to a good start so we'll extend you. Like, there was always a bit of a, what would you call this, conflict of interest yes. with Malone, mm. where it's like, why would I play MPJ 20 minutes per night? I'm going to get fired if I do that and we lose. So uh, I do think there was also a little bit of just clarity that comes with it. Again, I don't think that's why they extended him, but I do think that it is perhaps a benefit of it. And quite frankly, again, Malone was very relaxed today, maybe because it's Christmas. But maybe it's because he knows he's not getting fired because yeah, he lost I, to the New Orleans Pelicans. Like that plays a, a big part of it, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. It's definitely a sigh of relief for sure. Um, Josh Crocky, it, it it's just like really hard to keep a team together on all three levels to mm. stay aligned. Mm. And his commitment to this, um, maybe he could have looked at this from the national perspective of, oh, we're good enough, but we need to make some moves. Malone's not the guy. Jokic is not the guy. He's sticking with it, and I think he deserves credit. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can look at what happened in the playoffs. And I would be very surprised if the Nuggets come up short in the playoffs and it's Malone's fault. Right. Like, right. There, there's very few scenarios I can see happening where that's the outcome. He's a very prepared. I think when you think back to the playoffs, they were prepared. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think. That's one of his MOs, man. Uh, yeah. Detail oriented, takes pride in being uh, among, like, the most prepared coaches out there. You know, I, I think he might be. And, um, yeah, no, I mean, you just look at what he's done here. It's been great. It's been amazing. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for us, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Um, we'll have another show. We have one more show this weekend. Yep. Another show. We'll see when it comes because there's that matinee day. Maybe we get a, a matinee podcast or something after this other game. Probably be more better use of our resources. Uh, but thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hope you had a great Christmas despite the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> what a sad way to end the show. We'll see you next time. All right, before we get out of here, got to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava crafted the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It's helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is also all-natural, not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it anymore to our listeners. As Strava says, drink deeply, live fully. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the code DNVR20 at checkout and you'll get it shipped straight to your door.